Welcome to Bat Therapy, psychology of Batman, superheroes, and other comic book characters. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and educator and comic aficionado Keaton Hopkins. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube and social media and find our Patreon at patreon.com slash therapy. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. We're going to college. Woohoo! I'm really excited because we're talking about Gen V today and... I absolutely loved it. It was really good. I So when we did The Boys, why did we do it? Oh, we're doing Homelander. Yes. And I went, mm, I don't enjoy The Boys as much anymore. It's too too gory, too much violence, too much too much. And so I I actually didn't want to watch Gen V, but then you told me to and Bill made me. Yeah. And I actually really really loved it. So the the thing about Gen V that I've really, really appreciated is because college is already an insane time in your oh, life, especially like different your word. freshman year. Different word. Oh, whoops, whoops. I'm sorry. It is an unimaginably wild time. I like it. In our life. And I... I've been doing so well. I'm gonna. It's yeah. okay. We had a little. We had a scotch, a teensy little break. It's okay. It I've takes doing, practice. Wow. Wow. Okay. Fine. It's but it's a it's an absolutely wild time, right? Because you are going from turning your tassel <laughs> the summer before in your parents' house to being in a dorm, not having a curfew. Not having a bedtime, having abundant student loans that don't screw you over until you leave college. But while you're there, <laughs> it's just an influx of winning, right? We're millennials, so you'll have to excuse us and the, oh my goodness, uh, college is yeah. costly yeah. conversation. <laughs> no, what, what sucks is like, I, I got a full ride for undergrad. It was grad mm. school that got me. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those masters will get you too. So, but yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's a wild, it's a wild time because you, I, I don't think anyone like fully comes into themselves in high school. I think it really is all about what comes after oh, yeah. high school. Like, it's not necessarily college, but right, no. I don't think anyone knows who they are when they're 18. Yeah, you know, so your brain's not fully developed yet. Yeah. There's still a lot going on there. You haven't reached your peak, um, which, you know, I guess is some good news. Uh, but you're, yeah, you're also, you're kind of entering, for most cultures, you're either about to enter or you've just entered adulthood. And so there's a lot of that kind of growing into yourself as a person outside of, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're responsible for yourself in a lot of ways. And 
yeah, there is, there's definitely a lot to figure out. I think, I think there's variability in how much people kind of know themselves before that point, but no matter what, there's, there's usually a lot of real life stuff that, that comes gradually, but here's the thing with college. So if you think, okay, coming into the world and you either get just like plopped straight into the thick of it and you've got bills and you've got uh, taking care of your own place and you've got um, working and and being an adult or you you go to fake adult place of college where uh, there's a bunch of drinking and a bunch of kids staying up late and yes, you have classes, but they're uh, you know, just a portion of time. And then, yes, they're studying and prepping for those classes, but people kind of vary on how much they focus on that part, right? Uh, they even vary in how much they go to class. So, so I mean, college and university in some ways, I mean, obviously it's leading you to that next step, but I feel like in some ways you get to, you get some of the freedoms without all of the responsibilities some of the time, you know, some people are working yes. and, and doing a lot of very responsible things in college. Um, but the stereotypical kind of idea of college is a little bit of a free for all in some ways. It absolutely is. I mean, suddenly you can eat what you want to. You can mm. illegally drink what you want to. <laughs> <laughs> you like you can like you, if you can skip class. You can make your own schedule. Like it really is just like this fantasy world almost because you're mm. you're partying you're also one of the things that's really interesting about college is you find so many people that are like you like 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 your mm. interests but they're also different enough that you are learning so much more about how oh, big sure. the world is like it's this it's yeah. this perfect it's a it's a really good melting pot. Like I feel like mm -hmm. I learned so much about different cultures when I was in college, but at the same time I was still talking about Transformers and Batman <laughs> and everything. There well, was just yeah, I mean, you're vodka so there too. It was yeah, yeah it yeah. was it was great. Well, and <laughs> I so I think for a lot of yeah, for a lot of kids I think it is such a a huge difference especially especially if you grew up in one place or you didn't move that often, uh, especially if you, you didn't travel too much. I mean, a lot of people grow up in one place or very few places and they you get to know those people. And then all of a sudden you go somewhere where theoretically there's all sorts of people who've grown up in all sorts of places. And yeah, it is a right. really cool and interesting time. And yes. so with Gen V, okay. Yes. That's what okay. I was going to say. <laughs> now, now let's add superpowers into the mix. What right. could go right. wrong? We already, right. We, we've, we're done talking about the life of an average college Yeah, that's student. boring. That's now let's boring just throw comparison. good old unstable compound V <laughs> oh my God. in there, in there with it. Let's give I think it goes without that. saying, uh, spoiler alert. And 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 including like make sure you've seen all of Gen V or you're someone who skips to the end of the book and reads <laughs> reads ahead if you continue to listen because we're we're not going to screen ourselves we're going to talk about the whole thing yeah and I don't think Gen V Gen V isn't a comic at all I don't believe I think it's just a, a mm. complete spinoff 
of the of the boys. And so these are Yeah, which is very interesting because it kind of weaves things in from it's so good. the boys. Yeah, it does a really good job of being its own thing. And then also trying to kind of remind you of what's going on in the mm-hmm. boys' larger world. Yes. And at the end in particular, I was like, oh, WTF and how they yeah. pulled everything together. Like, yeah, they did a wonderful job. And it was very well executed and very well planned because in, here's a small Easter egg. The main character of Gen V is um, Marie Moreau. And she is an orphan very graphic mm-hmm. opening scene as far as what happens to her and how she becomes an orphan but in the last season of the boys there is a moment where Huey pretends that him and Starlight are going to try to adopt and mm-hmm. he goes to this orphanage a uh to uh of uh superhero like children with compound b in their system to research poss- mm. possible kids to adopt it's when he's trying to figure out that the senator who the senator really is uh, one of the first pictures that pops up is marie moreau oh yeah like she was in that pit and so it was already being yeah. uh being planned you see her name and so yeah it was it was really interesting but she yeah she after like from i guess from puberty all the way up until college she was in that um she was in that orphanage and so the i guess i guess one of the good things you can say about that is at least she was around people that were like her at least had similarities but at the same time there's it gen gen v opens so traumatically so okay puberty not great right i mean i think we can all agree uh that it's 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 a rough road now imagine that your your first period happens and it literally floats into the air and shoots through your parents, killing them with your sister crying in their blood beside you. Yes. Yes. That's you. I mean, Oh, uh, and then, then you go to an orphanage because you accidentally killed your parents and you're too dangerous in their eyes to be in the quote unquote regular world. Right. Um, and orphanage is is um not exactly what it is because they don't really seem it doesn't really seem to be a place that's about helping children without parents it yeah. definitely seems more of a we're going to control you and it seems like a prison and yeah. and a very terrible one at that yes yes because they even make a point of saying like oh yeah if you don't get into college we basically just ship you off to a prison for the rest of your oh right yeah life yeah so and actually um one of the things that i find really intriguing about this this show is they do an interesting job of creating these analogies with the real world and so you know oftentimes they might talk about say the united states foster system and 
obviously they're not shipping you off to prison when mm-hmm. when you turn 18. Uh, but it can be incredibly difficult with how systems are set up for um, children once they shift into adulthood to actually have the supports they need if they haven't been connected and adopted or have a family or whatnot, just in terms of what's provided um, when you're yeah. an adult, it's it's kind of like, here you go. You're in the real world. You're 18 now. You know what to do, right? Yes. Um, but you don't have the support of, you know, financial stability or um, a secure social network all of the time. Um, or even if you do have those things, a lot of the financial or resource supports uh, go away and it makes it harder on everybody to be able to kind of be there. Um, so I think it's an interesting, interesting comparison that's obviously different. It definitely exaggerates it in a number of ways with what's going on with the compound V and everything. Uh, but there, there are these, these kind of snippets in there that I just find very intriguing to compare to real life and almost like a, a commentary. Yes. And honestly, what I think one of the things that, that, one of the first things that popped out in that very first episode, because you get Marie's backstory and then there's a big flash forward and you realize like the way she's been getting through all of this is because she basically set a goal. I have to get into Godalkin. I have to get into Godalkin. Like she pinpointed that goal. And it was one of those things like I'm willing to bet that having that tunnel vision Mm -hmm. to do that probably helped her get past so much more that was going on around her and dealing with the, 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 the the trauma that she had already experienced, just having something to focus on. Well, and this is one of the really amazing things about her character. She is very resilient. Yes. So, this terrible, awful thing happened. And there are even people that are kind of woven in that blame her in some way for what happened, even though she had, uh, I forget who it was. Uh, I want to say maybe Kate, um, the one who like can like control people's like emotions Oof, and what, what a so power. I think she was the, I know, right. She's oh terrified. Um, uh, so I think she was the one that pointed out your parents chose to do that to you. But that's not what people focus on. They focus on the fact that Marie, an action by Marie resulted in her parents dying, even though she had no idea about the compound V herself. Um, She had no idea what was going on in that moment. She did not have control over it whatsoever. She didn't even have a chance to try and have control over it. Um, But there, she could have gone down a very different path. And and one of the things that we hope for people is how do we help them with these very traumatic pasts be able to have resiliency where, yes, they can focus on something that moves them forward. And I think for her, there's this, in, in some fashions, almost desperate focus on, I need to, I need to be a hero. I need to offset, rebalance the scales of what has happened. I now know things about myself. And now that I know that, I, I really need to have all my actions be in the hero column, essentially, be using these things for good. And unfortunately, she's got a weird ass power of like, blood you know using blood and everything that it's a little 
it's a tough road. Not everyone, not everyone's kind of ready to, I don't know, be, be open to her style of powers, but yeah, it was really cool seeing, seeing her character. The professor, the, the chairman of the crime fighting school, Brink, Richard Brink, uh, mm. Clancy Brown's character. He was one of the first people to point out like, oh, your superpower, like no one. No one likes that. You can't do anything with it, which I'm not going to lie. Easiest tale that someone's a horrible person is by casting Clancy Brown. I'm not like, <laughs> I absolutely love that actor, but like ever since the Shawshank Redemption, I've known yeah. what's up with him, right? And <laughs> and he's the voice of Lex Luthor from the animated, from Wait, really? all of the an uh, Justice League animated shows. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you can oh. hear it and it's like, yeah, you can't you can't trust that guy. You absolutely can't. And so, um, and I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna I, it was funny because one of the one of the most unrealistic things I think to me about Gen V was a freshman immediately getting to hang out with the coolest people in school. Like, come on, really? Like <laughs> and I felt so bad because I got caught completely judging and assuming about people because the moment that they introduced uh luke riordan golden boy i was uh. thinking he was going to be a straight up homelander clone a horrible human being mm. the worst person ever i was i, I well, saw in I the was school like, the school and the woods were trying to make him into that right and, and that's like, what you yeah. see play out which is yeah it it they they do toy with your expectations for things. I mean, yeah, the freshman's never going to be with the cool kids or, yeah, the golden boy. I mean, he's literally the golden boy, right? Yeah, um, yeah they, they've got some really interesting characters. And, and, I mean, he, I mean, he really struggles. And, yeah. and you really see things fall apart for him very, very quickly. But, yeah, it, it, I, I love how they kind of set things up in the beginning um, they also like Jordan Lee, um, the like multi-gendered uh, yes. uh, superhero. I, I guess they're not superheroes yet, but the the multi-gendered student. Yes. Um, also very interesting because they were set up as uh, a nemesis yeah. from the get go. And so, oh, yeah, yeah it, it is interesting how all these different characters kind of come together and they they toy with what you expect to happen in a really good way. And I love that they cast someone as Golden Boy that is literally a Golden Boy, Patrick Schwarzenegger. So he's ha he's I forgot it was yeah, a Schwarzenegger. <laughs> not only is he a Schwarzenegger, he's a Kennedy. Like, oh, yeah. 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 And I swear I oh, see man. both sides. Like one way he turns his head, I'm like, yep, yep. And then the other way, I'm like, I can totally see Arnold. There and so like he's an actual gold boy. I'm like, wow, you're the you're you are you are royalty as is. Like your dad is the Terminator. Uh you're a Kennedy. And and what's funny, I keep making the joke because I'm like, he's a real he was a really good actor. And I was joking. I was like, was that the Arnold side or was that the politician side that was oh. that made him such a good actor? Intriguing question. I like it. But oh my god, he was he was. I know. Was, yeah. And so, yeah, but all of these different characters all have a whole lot of stuff going on. And There's we're not terribly shocked because 
we're in the boys universe. Right. We're in the boys universe. But one of the things that's really interesting is they haven't been corrupted by the boys universe yet. They don't know how horrible Vought is. They don't know how mm. horrible Homelander and the rest of the seven is. They have no idea about that. So the same but way then Marie, you realize. Yeah. But some of them have been corrupted. Yes. Right. As you learn as, as you it, it's very. Yeah. It, it, and once again, it's kind of like showing the development into adulthood. You kind of think of I, ideally the ideal version of childhood is this innocence. Now, some children, unfortunately, don't have that innocence. It's been torn from them, like with Marie Moreau or yeah. even with Jordan Lee. But for a number of them, the, the, the innocence is ripped away from them out of nowhere. And they realize that the entire world around them is manipulating them and, and trying to control them and doing yeah. all of these terrible things. Uh, that's created a very real life and death situation all of them that's yeah yeah it's man it, there's so much there's yeah, so much to talk about everybody and i think that's another thing that just reflects so so well in the real world almost everybody's got motive right mm. almost everybody is somewhere to achieve something right all of these kids have goals the professors mm -hmm. have goals the the people that come and investigate have hidden agendas the 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 dean has a hidden agenda everyone has yep. secrets that they're not telling each other and they're all hanging out with each other like everything is yep. um like everything is seemingly fine i mean andre is best friends with golden boy but at the same time he's like practically secretly with Kate the entire time and keeping that from him. Know, right? uh, Golden boy, Luke, he is trying to figure out why he's having these dreams and he feels guilty because he feels like he killed his brother. But at the same time, he's not sure what's going on there. Mm -hmm. Like ev all of these people that from the naked eye have it all together. and. So many people are jealous of them and deep down they are absolutely falling apart. And that is something that I feel like is yeah. so real, so yeah. real because yeah, you, so many times you look at people and you're like, must be nice to be them, hmm? man. They're, they just have it all together. And, and you're legitimately jealous of these people. Sometimes you hate them because you're like, this is ridiculous. You, this is ridiculous. Look at all that, those abs and <laughs> that car and all that, right? Whatever, whatever it is. Or look at them. They get good grades on everything they do without even studying, right? And, and you get infatuated with it. You get jealous of it and you hate it, not realizing that these people are flesh and blood, just like mm -hmm. you are. And they are going through possibly even worse situations than you are. And they're just hiding it. They're yeah. just hiding it. But they're one bad day away from a complete breakdown. And I, I think that's very a very interesting piece. And actually, even afterward, 
Now I haven't rewatched. And so it'll be interesting to see how I feel with that. But I, I actually, looking back, it surprises me that Golden Boy ended his life by suicide. Yes. And even, even in the telling of it, they, they kind of shift the story on you so suddenly in a way where you realize even, even as we've seen so many things unravel and be exposed, there are so many unknowns and just so many intense things that people are struggling to deal with. And, um, I mean, gosh, it, it, there. I feel like we're gonna have to come back to specific characters at some point. I mean, so Andre. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. It, it's just impossible for us to hit on everything. So yeah. Andre is constantly having to figure out how to live outside the shadow of his own father, and then at the end finds out that uh, his dad not only did, but is also encouraging him to essentially kill himself slowly over time by using his powers and not just do that but his it his it has to feel so betraying trying to get to the bottom of a conspiracy and finding out that your dad was in on it the whole time time. and knew about it and was just like keeping his head down to stay popular and famous um well and also I i i think he was insinuating to keep his family safe Mm-hmm. Too. Right. Yeah. I mean, very good point, too, where you have this just utter betrayal of what you believe and 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 your sense of right and wrong and someone that you held to a high standard you never thought you could meet. And here they are falling further than you thought they ever could. Right. Yeah. You have Jordan Lee, who I was bringing up earlier, and the dealing with family that cannot relate to being they to being both a woman and a man and the kind of shifting and changing that is who they are. And then also how do I find people to connect with and how do I know that they can connect with me and not just a part of me or how they, you know, how, if, what if they're misperceiving me, then you have, you have Emma, you have Emma who essentially has like an eating disorder thing going on with her powers, which is really interesting. And, and unfortunately they actually show like some pretty highly controlled um, parenting that happened with her, which for some people, not always, but for some people can be um, part of the background of eating disorders is just a a highly controlled environment and just Mm -hmm. desperately trying to kind of find where your control is and, she literally has to disorder her eating until near the end of the season, but she has to disorder her eating in order to use her powers. Does, I mean, that's that's intense. Does this universe have any good parents? Like, I'm going back to season one of the boys and trying to get all the way forward. And even even Huey's dad, Simon Pegg, isn't the best. Like, I... I <laughs> yeah, but, and, and here's the worst news. Okay, well... Maybe the psychologist can help you. Oh wait, that's Dr. Shetty. She's the worst of them all. She's the she's the <laughs> I, I felt so gross. I felt it, so gross it the was whole bad. time. It was bad. I'm like, yeah, it was like yeah, it's like watching it's like, yeah, it's yeah, I know you watching that, it was like the Scooby-Doo villain pulling off their mask and it was like, it was Amelia all along. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but yeah, it, that was the worst because <sighs> yeah, it was she master manipulator, but uh, also someone illegal. with very clear motives because of something that something that right. happened to her. Right. Talk about using your powers for evil. Uh, unethical, unethical. Un- I mean, like she's doing experiments on people. She's killing people. She's causing them to suffer. She's doing a whole heck of a lot of things that the IRB is not approving. Mm-hmm. So um, actually, I don't know if I've mentioned the IRB since like our first season. But there, there are that. review. Yeah. So there are review boards that you have to go through to actually do do science and uh, experiment studies, et cetera, with humans. There's also stuff you have to go through for animals as well. Um, And, and so essentially this is meant to protect people and there can be side effects or you know, there can be pros and cons to participating in different things. A lot of psychology research is innocuous. It's not really going to hurt you one way or the other. They're just trying to see how humans are. But for things like they're doing, like treatments or creating a virus, for goodness sake. I mean, like, the yeah, they're they're doing this very covert and it's just, oh, leaves me feeling icky. So I think even I think at one point, uh, Jordan refers to it as a Mingala clinic, like referring to Oof. the horrible Nazi doctor from World War II. Like it was Yeah. Yeah. They even because it the things they were doing were to to quote Butcher, diabolical. <laughs> like it was uh yeah, it was it was horrible. And so you you have all of these kids in this universe, but like I said, the shade the 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 shade is still pulled down in front of them. They have no idea just how bad yeah. it gets. That's Except the thing. maybe Kate. Kate right. Kate and Sam. Kate yes. and Sam, out of all the kids, I think are the ones that from early on know what everything's about. So Kate knows because she was desperate for some sort of connection. Her um her mother, I don't know if both if her dad was around at all, but um essentially, you know, she accidentally made her brother go away once so again an accidental thing horrible so, so horrible. horrible but still and her, these and her mother couldn't forgive what happened even though once again kate had no freaking clue what was going on she had no idea that was gonna happen but the mom knew that she gave her child knew. compound v like that's the thing about these like so many mm-hmm. parents are just like trying to cast judgment on their kids after doing that to them it's it's yeah yeah. oh my gosh it's it's not a great world we're in here it's horrible and and so kate finally finds an adult who wants to connect with her and seemingly care for her and help her and in exchange she essentially has to help control all of these people being experimented on so she's very much aware of what's happening and eventually slingshots to the other side of of kind of how she feels about everything. Oh yeah, versus she... Sam, who's experimented on, and so he's very aware from the beginning. He's he's a- aware, but also it seems like they've done so much to him that he has a hard time figuring out what's real 
and what isn't when they first introduce him because um Emma's in there with them and he goes he's just trying to figure out if she's real or not and I'm like oh my god they have been putting I him through the ringer so here's so here's a potential theory I have because chicken or the egg um they could have been doing things to him where you you can have reactions where you start having kind of psychosis looking things he definitely has some some sort of psychosis stuff happening right like he's hearing things other people don't hear he sees things other people don't see people turn into puppets his even his powers like his super strength that kind of like suggests that it's because he kind of like hallucinates slash odd belief systems people into being puppets yeah so i'm not sure what was going on with him. And stuff. yeah and um and he he has all of this going on. And so, yes, you can have like medical things or there, there's a lot of stuff that can result in these kind of these psychosis symptoms um, or these like odd uh, beliefs and perceptual experiences that he's had. Um, so potentially that's what happened. My theory is he actually has something like schizophrenia. And they maybe he had a, a kind of a rare version where it came out earlier or, uh-huh. you know, stress can also kind of pull for these things to uh, emerge or to emerge at a certain point. And so maybe with the compound V and whatnot, maybe it brought some of these things to the surface a little earlier. My theory is, is that he has both the mental health diagnosis of, say, like schizophrenia or something like that, and he has the powers and that that is why they were trying to essentially like plant cuz remember that scene where they're like blood transfusing yes. with his brother my theory is that they were trying to put it into the quote unquote more mentally stable brother in their minds yes to give him all of both of their powers because they saw him as someone that meant had more like mental capacity to do what they wanted them to do yes and okay and that diagnosis is very interesting because like I said, I definitely know that I cannot diagnose anyone. The most I could do was when he said his favorite movie was Waterworld, I was like, he needs help. Like this is a, <laughs> this is a bad situation. Like this I... is a bad situation. Like that's oof. We're so, we're okay. in the deep end. <laughs> I I love Sam and I love the representation that they have here. And I'm also conflicted because of course, he's going around to being super violent, and 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 you have to just it's be mindful. Bad. Yeah, that's a bad look, right? Oh, so okay. I've said it before. I will say it again. I'll say it many, many times. Having a mental health diagnosis, even having a mental health diagnosis that involves psychosis, like schizophrenia, does not mean that you are more likely to be violent toward other people. In fact, you are much more likely to have violence happen to you. Yes. And so a lot of portrayals, unfortunately, really connect violence with these diagnoses inaccurately. And also, we are very prone to saying that person's psychotic uh, if someone does something that is more on the violent scale, which that does not mean that whatsoever. Um, So with psychosis, we are talking about brain chemistry changes that can result in things like seeing or hearing things or having other experiences that other people are not able to experience 
having odd, inflexible belief systems. These are often called delusions. I don't love using that term because who wants to be called delusional or be told that they're being delusional? Nobody wants to hear that. Um, You can also have um, your thoughts and your thought processes not working in the same kind of linear flow uh, that kind of gets in the way of being able to think, to concentrate, to communicate. Um, and there are some other things that can, ha- that can happen with schizophrenia as well, but those are some of kind of the main ones that you might notice on the outside. Um, so they do a great job with that representation and there's an understandable component of violence that happens with him. Um, but I don't necessarily love that he seems to be like the most violent of all the characters, Um, just because I know that there is that misconception out there. That being said, I, I actually love the humbling experience of him and Kate together at the end. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, the tables turn and who's in control really flips. And all of a sudden, Kate and Sam are just tearing the university apart. Mm-hmm. They're killing anybody who doesn't have a compound V in their system. They're even going after some people with compound V, but uh, that tends to be more kind of like in, in a defense. And they're just essentially, yeah. we've been brutalized. We've been forced to brutalize. Um, she we went hard never, Magneto. Yeah. they And Magneto is a great yeah. comparison yeah. because essentially what they say, and this is why I call it humbling, Essentially, what they say to the characters who are saying, don't be violent, these people are innocent, is you don't know. You don't know the kind of life that we've been forced to lead. Just like Magneto went through concentration camps, right? He really saw the harshness of people. Mm -hmm. And so they essentially say, um, they're essentially saying, you don't have the right to tell me how to react because you have no idea what it's like to live the way that I've lived. Right. Um, and I think that that's one of the really difficult and humbling things about um, what do we think as appropriate or acceptable responses to things? Yeah. Um, I mean, if we all reacted in violence, we'd have a really tough world and that's not how I want the world to be. And at the same time, like, oof. Those people really went through the ringer. Um, I can see how they end up seeing violence as the answer, uh, given everything that happened. And a couple of things happened between Sam and Emma that Mm. I wanted to ask you about, because especially in that that last episode, just had a lot of stuff happening. And one of the things that um, Sam, uh, I want to bring up uh, what happens when uh, Sam asks Kate to make him not feel anything. But before that, Uh. I wanted to ask you about Emma and how before her power was working, she was throwing up, like having the eating disorder. But then all of a sudden, after she has that rough conversation with Sam, she's small, uh-huh. like without doing it. And I wanted yeah. to ask you what you took from that. Like, was it one yeah. of those things where negative emotions is actually the trigger? Like, what mm-hmm. was going on there? So, first off, this poor woman. <clears throat> 
so yeah, she has to restrict her eating just to stay normal sized is my understanding. And then lose weight to become smaller. And her mom said, don't you dare eat more to become bigger. Oh boy. Uh, so an already difficult situation that could easily tip into disordered eating. Absolutely. There's just so, there's so much kind of um, body image stuff going on for this, this poor woman. Uh, she fortunately finds out people are pretty accepting of all these different things. And she's finally building confidence, being able to see herself as a hero. And then, yeah, Sam knocks her down flat. He knows how to get her. Uh, he knows how to hurt her. And he just like dagger to the heart with his words. Yeah. So my thing with her is that it does seem like, and I don't know what triggers it. I don't know if it was the intensity of it or what might be factoring into it, but it does seem like there was a shift to the emotions behind things. And I, I connected it with, she was feeling small. She was feeling so small in terms of who she was and, and her sense of self just knocked down so much that she shrunk Yeah, and, and kind of opposing to that, if she started feeling really confident and potentially even grandiose, but if she really, really was feeling confident in herself and feeling like she could be her, her full self completely, I could see potentially if there's a season two, that resulting in her going large Right. Uh, but yeah, they do seem to kind of shift it into how she's thinking about herself and how she is feeling emotionally um, being connected there. But yeah, he was he was really shrinking her. And you could tell, I mean, if she hadn't shrunk small, she probably would have looked small anyway, because she was feeling yeah. very defeated in that yeah. moment. And Sam is an interesting case, too, because uh, so many times people will use what we've gone through against us or in mm. negative ways. And with Sam, like he's gone through so much, but at the same time, he's been down there so long that at times it almost seems like he has a childlike mind. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And when he ends up at that rally, essentially yeah. when oh yeah 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 the, the the way it seems like he just suddenly got lumped in and he just got absorbed into it and he's doing the chants and he's mm -hmm. yelling the things that the people to the left and the right of him are yelling it it felt so real world i i think oh, that's yeah. the world real world because it's you you see it so much whatever the problem is if someone can take that and put the blame on something else, it can mm. make someone militant for something that isn't even remotely the cause of what they are going mm. through. I, I thought that was really, really interesting as well. So Sam is a very endearing character and he's played very well. He's written very well. Yes. He's incorporated very well because he's a murderer. I mean, he murders a lot of people. Oh, yeah. He kills a lot of people. And he's also endearing. And I I, I just love all the complexities of his character. Uh, I, I love that childlike quality. It's very realistic. Yes, he has been separated from the world. 
And really probably his the only friends or company he's had are voices from his head or uh, images of things that that come from his mind. And, and instead of people in front of him that he's sensing and experiencing in front of him, his brain is projecting outward. So he's really been very limited, uh, except for people really harming him. Um, uh, and then, you know, he gets to meet people who aren't just immediately out to get him and, and to be um, brutal and, and hurtful toward him. And I love that Emma is the person that he connects with. And, and this is a really good example, I think, of she now granted things went took a really bad turn for them at the end a lot happened very quickly they didn't have mm-hmm. a chance to process and work through things together and nope. so things because of that it turned sour very quickly it went but bad really fast i think up until that point uh, there was this really great job of just showing that she wasn't trying to change sam Sam had some quirky stuff going on and Sam had some things that were getting in his way, but she wasn't saying you're wrong or um, you're uh, different in a way that needs to change. She actually really connected with him and his quirkiness and what made him him. Yeah. And it, it was just really, it was a really beautiful story. But then you also see, these other layers of the world as he gets introduced and that adds complications. You know, she was the first seemingly innocent person or someone not out to get him directly that he came across. Um, And so things got complicated as the world layered on top, like, like you're talking about, then he starts coming across all these different characters and, um, you know, all all the political stuff from the boys starts seeping in. And then that's where things get really, really complicated. Right. Um, Very, well, very, I feel like, what, did that all happen in the last episode? It was ridiculous how fast things fell apart. Yeah, they wrapped it, they wrapped it quick. And one of the things that you brought up, it's very interesting, some of the parallels that Sam has with Homelander. Because we look at Mm. Homelander in this universe as honestly the ultimate villain mm. right because and a, a part a, a big part of it is we didn't see homelander's childhood except in the little snippets of like uh the preview of the series they had a quick little snippet thing all about homelander as a child um and then diabolical you see something about uh a young homelander um when he first comes on the scene. But like you said, Sam pretty much raised, raised in captivity after a certain point, only pretty much talking to himself and the voices in his head. Same thing happened with Homelander, right? Mm. Now, on top of that, now there comes a point because Sam still has a ton of emotion he, he he sees his brother talking to him he's trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong and he gets to this point where he's just like i want all of it to go away i don't want to mm. feel anything ah yes and don't yeah. i don't want to feel anything and kate removes it yeah and i'm really interested in seeing how that goes because at first i thought she was gonna do that and he was going to snap her neck. I really did. I thought it was going to yeah. be one of those things where it just went even farther off the yeah. 
off the rails. Um, and, but yeah, he, he just said he doesn't want to feel anything. And I don't know what exactly that entails because you would think if he didn't feel anything, he wouldn't care about being there or there you go. What he was fighting, right? Like it wouldn't, he wouldn't be out there <laughs> fighting polarity if it, or polarity yep. junior technically. Um, yeah. He so would, emotions, yeah. emotions are there for a reason. Do they get in our way? Yes. Do they help us? Yes. Can they be extremely difficult and, and feel unbearable? Yes. Can they be the best thing ever? Yes. And he has dealt with so much weight. Just an unbelievable amount of, of weight. And it makes sense to me that he would want to be numb and to not feel anything just to experience that. Because this is someone who maybe has rarely, if ever, had a moment where he could just be at neutral. And it's actually something that a lot of a lot of people that who experience really strong emotions, which happens a lot of times, of course, with mental health conditions um, in particular, um, but it can happen in other ways too. But it can be very tempting to want to not feel anything. And in fact, for some people, they are so they can actually be so effective at doing this for themselves that they numb out. They don't, and sometimes they come to us because they say, by us mental health treatment. Um, because they don't feel anything and that starts becoming a problem for them because yeah, um, I can't imagine the, the release it would be for Sam to not feel all the weight of everything, even for a moment. And at the same time, you exactly are correct. If you don't have any feelings, you're not going to have motivation to do things. Mm -hmm. You're not going to care about the things that you care about. Um, you're not going to, in a lot of ways, you're not going to, you're still not going to get that quality of life you're going for. Um, because if you blot out the negatives, you also blot out the positives. Yeah. Um, but it can be a very, very tempting prospect when you're feeling so much negative and it, and it can feel never ending, um, and hard to see, where do you go without just trying to remove it entirely? But it's a really, really great point because if you remove all the emotions, what's left? Yeah. And I'm really interested in seeing what they do with that. Gen, Gen V immediately got renewed for a nice. season two. And so I'm really interested to see what they do with that. But also one of the things we, we still haven't touched on is at the very end, one of the most shocking things to me is after everything that has gone down this season, after all the lives that have been mm. lost, they're still being manipulated by a bigger fish with string. Because after all of this goes down on this campus, Homelander shows up, does oh puts his spin on things, which... Uh, and next thing you know, Vought is calling Sam and Kate heroes yep. and accusing the actual heroes of leading a massacre, leading a massacre. And they just spin every everything because the public only has 
their lens. Yep. And so they can well, say what they want. It's like getting to write your own version of history, and that's the yep. only thing that's taught. Everything, wow, oh God, it really does connect back with the real world so much. Ugh. It really does. <laughs> and I think even even to that point of um, right now, I know that there's a lot of frustrations with why can't we call villainous behavior or 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 violence against innocence what it is? And you see that interplay as it's taking place where, um, you know, Andre and Marie, Emma Jordan, they're all trying to stop. You're killing innocent people here. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to kill the people who were holding you captive, which I don't think they were thrilled about either, but they, they're like, that's one thing you're randomly finding out who's working on campus, who is not, doesn't have compound V. But then you find out that at least half the people they're killing were actually part of the conspiracy anyway. And right. so there's all of this stuff that kind of floods you with who is the villain? Who who is the hero? Um also that humbling experience of what does it say if all of the people who really were harmed by the woods what does it say if if none of them are on your side? Uh, in in terms of of what you think, and and this isn't me saying that it's okay to to kill people right. who are innocent or or to harm um, innocent course. people, um, but just to say that I think it's a very human experience to be bombarded with so much information and so much terrible things that um, you you end up. I, I think you can end up being immobilized by it, yeah, um, or being so hurt it's kind of like um uh you know sometimes if if you come across a hurt animal they say that's when they're most dangerous because if uh, you're trying to yes. help they're just reacting <clears throat> to all of the hurt that has been happening to them and and so i i think that there's a lot of that happening with these folks from the woods and they're they're really not getting the support that they need right and then it's going to seem that way. Now they're the heroes, but mm -mm, nope, they're still getting played. They're still a part of the woods. It's just, it's actually a more subtle version, more similar to their counterparts at the start of the season. And I think by the end, the only people left that knew about the woods is just Sam and Kate. I think all the other ones mm. that got released, I think all of them are, are dead. And so I'm really interested in seeing how far they don't mind the manipulation. Because I'm one of the things I want to know is how are they going to spin? Oh, yeah. Golden Boy's younger brother that we've been saying was dead for the last decade. He's back and he's a hero. Like. I'm really interested in seeing how they're going to spin. How they're going to well, spin that. Well, what's interesting is you have. You have people that don't agree. They just agree for that one instant. Homelander is not on board with any of this stuff. He's just anti-harming other people of, quote, his kind. And I, I say, quote, because some people believe that the the people with Compound V are, are separate and others see them as kind of with everyone else. But he sees them as, these are our people. Don't harm your own people. Right. Um. He doesn't care about all these people that don't have compound V whatsoever. Nope. And so he he's going to split off from that very quickly. Yeah. Um, Sam also is 
very, I, I, I think he's actually fairly similar to Homelander, but has more of an innocence about him. Granted, Homelander might have had more innocence about him in the start. Honestly, so, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I think he has some similarities there. I think he had a much more brutal upbringing, albeit both of them, like you said, there's there's definite similarities. Um, but he also, um, he's not going to be a fan of being manipulated. And when he sees those instances, if he's, in fact, what might happen with Sam is you have, you could have some increasing paranoia where the reality of his situation also plays off of his psychosis that's happening for him. Where a lot of times um, we can struggle to relate to someone who has these odd inflexible beliefs in particular. Um, but if you think it kind of as like a literary representation of some very foundational fundamental things that we can relate to. Mm -hmm. So he's in a world that you can't trust people. And so his brain might take that to kind of a level that's hard for other people to relate to, but still has that thread of I cannot trust the people around me. And so um, I'm wondering if they, we might see more of kind of a psychosis component with like some paranoia stuff play out for him because honestly, a lot of people are out to get him and that's going to be really, it's going to be really hard for him to feel settled. So his symptoms might flare up on him more. I'm interested in definitely coming back around and talking about him. I feel like there's so much stuff to break down in gen v we could easily do an episode for every almost every character oh god yeah on the on the show um i absolutely loved it and it yeah definitely check it out if you well hopefully you didn't listen to the full episode if you haven't some people like yet. spoilers <laughs> they, yeah they, that's true that's true um but yeah uh make yeah i would love to hear on this one for sure because oh yeah this is this i i feel like gen v definitely makes me think a lot more than the boys i do agree with you like it yeah. the, the boys is so it feels like it's just at this point hell-bent on shock value and gratuitous violence yeah. yet still it's so much better than the comic the comic <laughs> i i swear the comic is is written by an eighth grader that was allowed to watch rated R movies. <laughs> like oh, <laughs> that's you read the comic. That's just what it feels like when I read, when I look at the, uh, the comics, but yeah, this, this universe is so corrupt. I'm really interested in seeing how it can be saved or redeemed. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's really interesting too, because I mean, it shows a lot. I mean, like there's a lot of corruption and, and, a lot of huge changes billowing with what happened with compound V and the next generation, everything. And these are all things kind of set up to break down a society. Yes. And, and, and so I think that's one of the interesting things is it's set seemingly in a more stable time frame, but all these wrenches get thrown in and now we have people that want to burn it all to the ground and essentially restart, rebuild. The problem is, is that the way you burn it to the ground could actually color how you rebuild it in a way that causes some of the same issues again. So if you're killing innocent people, if you're 
if you're seeing it as us versus them purely based on, you know, who has compound V in their system. Uh, if you, if you don't find a way to be able to kind of, especially the, the people who all want the better of everybody, not the ones manipulating and trying to work the system, if you can't find a way for those other folks to, to come together, then yeah, you're, you're just risking building another corrupt, manipulative, unstable system. So yeah, it's interesting stuff. Yes. Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. And I'm educator and comic aficionado Keaton Hopkins. Check out my TV and movie reviews on YouTube at TeamJVS. Check out our website at bat-therapy.com, our Bat Therapy YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. And don't forget our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bat therapy. See you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs>